between the Word of God and the world views of men. And Pastor Yoma shared last week concerning the fact that Israel, which was a chosen nation by God, they were supposed to be the nation that was supposed to be the light to the nations. They were supposed to show and demonstrate other nations how things were supposed to be done. Whenever they went their own way, destruction came in. This is not something that we can choose. It is an equation that is inevitable. For the wages of sin are death. But the free gift of God is eternal life. And this morning, we are going to be sharing on one of the topics that relate to a conversation that's been starting, not starting, but it's been going on for the past couple of months, weeks, and that is abortion and infanticide. Infanticide is the killing of the infant. We call it baby dumping. And I hope that this morning as we share that you will understand God's heart for, for people. I was speaking to my wife and she told me, you, you can't preach like you usually preach on this subject. <laughs> you have to tone it down and, and, and speak gently. <laughs> and speak, speak gently. And that is really the heart of the Father this morning. The word that came out that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. That is true. That God does not hate sinners. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So that whosoever believes in him should not perish. But that they may have eternal life. For God did not send his son to condemn the world. But the world, that the world might be saved through him. Amen. Give us the next slide. Abortion hurts. And you might be asking yourself, yeah, but baby dumping is more of an issue in our context than abortion. Or it's rising to the surface. I beg to differ. I understand that obviously it's glaringly wrong that I take my child that was born and put them in a bag and discard of them somewhere for whatever reason. But there is a child that has no voice. There is a child that is not heard. There is a child whose cry is silent. There is a, 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 a child whose definition is being changed. There is a child who is disappearing from our eyes. And that is the child that many consider to be not viable for life. And they become the victims of abortion. And the reason why we're speaking about this is because the principle of the kingdom of God is the principle of life. It is the principle of life. And it is so important, the Word of God says in the book of Timothy, that the church is the pillar of truth. If we do not tell the truth, the truth will not be told. And if the truth is not being told, something other than the truth is being told. And that is a lie. And there is only one person that is behind all the lies, who is the father of lies. 
That is the devil who's been a liar from the beginning. And it is so important that as a church, as Christians, you don't have a choice as to where you stand concerning your worldviews. The Word of God says that the believer has been bought with a price. You are not your own. Tell the person next to you, you have been bought with a price. You are not your own. You have died with Christ. I'm looking at him right now. Who are you? Amen. There are, so, there are so many issues. There are so many issues that rise up in your walk with God when you fail to recognize that I no longer live, but Christ lives through me. Amen. It will simplify so many issues in your marriage. But we are not talking about marriage today. Those are married, just look straight. Amen? So we're going to go through some elements which attach to the law and attach to medicine and uh, the doctors are around. Please forgive me if I say something wrong. Um, but my heart is really to communicate God's, God's view, God's life for nations. Amen? Amen. So in Namibia, the law that regulates the, the legalities around abortion and sterilization is the Abortion and Sterilization Act of 1975. You can give us the next slide then. Before we go there, I'd like to share this. And this will be an important perspective as, you, as we go through this message. Because we're here to bring hope. Many people are committing abortion and taking that option when God can do all things. Amen? And the Word of God says, we know, Romans 8.28, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good and for those who are called according to His purpose. It might not be good. It might not even be intended by God. But God is able to turn things around. To take out of the ashes and turn it into beauty. To take the most ugliest, most scandalous, the most painful, the most sorrowful experience. And bring you out with a testimony. And it is so important that we give God that opportunity and not just terminate things before God has a chance to work. Amen? Many times in marriage, God wants to heal the marriage, but people are already making decisions concerning the divorce. How many of you know it's easier to get back together before you divorce than it is to remarry again with that same person. And we can tell God, no God, I'll remarry them when things work out. And God can do that. I mean, let's not discount that. But give God, tell the person next to you, give God a chance. Allow Him to help you. Give us the next slide there. John 10 verse 10, the thief does not come 
except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. As the person next to you, I was telling this to the men the other day. As the person next to you, who's trying to kill you? <laughs> Some of you, you, when someone asks you that, who's trying to kill you? You say, nobody. You haven't been reading your Bible. The Bible says <laughs> that you have an enemy who is trying to take you out. You and your wife and your children and their children and everybody. Amen? And you might come to, to church and you're, you're walking your walk with God, walking in power, living a life of favor, knowing who you are. <laughs> you need to know that there's an enemy that's trying to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And the way that he will do that is through lies. Primary, through lies. If he can lie to you long enough, you will even kill yourself and your offspring. Amen? Give us the next slide. So this act that governs abortion and sterilization, it allows for the termination of a pregnancy in the cases of serious threat to the maternal or fetal health. So the maternal is the mother, and the fetus is the baby in the womb. Okay? Or when the pregnancy is a result of rape or incest. This is currently the position in America. We are still conservative if you consider the rest of the world. Amen? And we're going to read a quote just now that will show you that. And it is important for you to realize that it's amazing, at least, that the government has decided to take that position. Amen? But as we go through this message, you will see that there is something about the sanctity of life. And most of the time, we've gotten to a place where we reason it through as to whether it's good or bad to actually make a, make a decision. But our values need to be based on the truth. Amen. Give us there the next slide. According to that act, the definition of abortion is the abortion of a life fetus of a woman with intent to kill such a fetus. And you will see the date. The date of that act is 1975. And most of us have a view that the pro-choice movement or the justifications for abortion are actually a pros progressive way of thinking. I submit to you that's not the case. And the Bible is full of examples where many of the people who didn't serve Jehovah, who were not part of Israel, when they were involved with the idol worship, some of the practices involved bringing your children through the fire. For the worship of the god Molech, if you read the Old Testament, you will bring your child through the fire as a sacrifice to that god. And you might say, yeah, but that's the child that's already born and they're a real baby. The other one is only a part of my body. 
that one is not a real baby until it's detached from my body, until it's able to sustain itself. Well, let's see if that's the case. Give us here the next slide. This was according to an article the current uh, Minister of Health was sharing concerning 2016 that there were 7,335 abortions recorded in 2016, 138 of them on medical grounds, and many of them mainly teenagers. Did you hear did you hear the screams of children last year who were losing their lives in the womb did you hear anybody no out of sight out of mind it's the same with the homeless man as long as they are not on my pavement please I will send money where you are, but please clear the driveway. My husband wants to drive through. Right? But God is calling us to realize and shedding light on what is true and what is real. What the enemy will do, he, he will try and conceal things. Amen? I remember when I was in high school, I think we were in a grade 9 class. The teacher was showing us a, a documentary concerning abortion. And uh, the video entailed certain in vitro footage that shows the reaction of the child when the abortion is taking place. That shows the fear and the panic that happens in the safest place in the world. Can you hear it? No. Can you see it? Not without the technology. So if you can't see it, right? Our atheist view. If I can't see him, <laughs> if I can't hear him, where is God? <laughs> then he's not there. And we've taken that also to the unborn child. If I can't see the child, if I can't hear the child, then they are not there. In fact, if I get my lawyers to redefine the definitions and call them something else than they are, then we can really move along. And you might ask myself, uh, ask me, and say, yeah, Chris, but what about, what about cases of, of, of danger to the child and to the mother? Okay. Let's assume that child is born, and danger comes. What is the instinct of every mother in this room? To protect the child at the cost of whose life? Yes. It is so contrary. It is so contrary to the maternal instinct to harm the child on the basis that it will help me as the mother. It can never be. Because once that child is visible, once that child is engaged, once that child is recognized, the maternal instinct will kick in so strong that she will decide, no, let me. And if that's not the case, then we realize there's a problem here. 
right? As in the case of baby dumping or infanticide, there's a problem here. We don't go, well, it's okay because of X, Y, Z. We can never justify that. Amen? Give us there the next slide. This was a quotation by, in 1994 by Dr. Nikki Yambo. At that time, he was the Minister of Health and Social Services. And this was at the International Conference on Population and Development in Cairo. He said, on the question, this was on behalf of the Namibian government. He says, on the question of abortion, the position of Namibia is that it can only be performed under strict medical supervision within the confines of the laws which state that consent to abortion can only be given in cases of rape and incest and when the life of the mother is in danger. And you will see that the act actually requires the medical professionals to get involved and really, and really say, look, here in this case, it's probably important or not. So we are quite conservative. And then he says, Mr. President, probably the president of the conference, he says, ladies and gentlemen, it must be clearly understood that Namibia does not promote abortion as a means of family planning, but as a public health issue. That is the closest to the moral height in this subject. That at least in our nation, we're at the place where we say it's not for birth control. It doesn't answer all the questions, but at least it puts a halt on death in our nation. If this was not the stance, I'm telling you, it is the greatest the greatest genocide that we have never seen is the abortions that have happened throughout the ages. Does God care? Yes. He cares. He loves not only the child, he loves the mother. Tell the person next to you, give God a chance. You can never say that there is no hope. We serve the God who raises the dead, who calls those things which are not. He is able to turn every situation around and make all things beautiful in their time. Give us there the next slide. Legality does not equal morality. Slavery was wrong even when it was legal. Abortion is wrong even though it's legal. And obviously the government does not deal in the areas of morality. That is the nature of our state. We are a secular state. We are not like Saudi and Qatar and those places. You remember the Holocaust. Everyone talks about the genocide of the Jews, right? Six million Jews by the Germans. Did you know that it was legal? <laughs> at the time. And there's, there's uh, uh, documentaries on what they call the Nuremberg Trials. I remember when I went to law school, it was one of the first movies they showed us. The Nuremberg Trials, which was the trials now condemning the judges that legalized and sanctioned all these murders during the time of the Third Reich. The judges that were saying, yeah, that one, that one can go to the camps, that one can... And the defense of the judges were, but it was legal. 
Now, how do you answer a judge like that if there is no notion of accountability before God of a law that transcends our laws? A law that says something is right or wrong apart from man's decisions. Pastor Yoma was sharing last week about how in the nation where God is not on the throne, everyone will do what they want. And it will be fine as long as they don't get to your house. Like, no, let's, let's all have anarchy. Do what you want. It's the best law. Just allow everyone until they come to your house. We are here to do what we want. <laughs> no, 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 not here. Do what you want in your own area. Who decided that? That's not what I want. I'm doing what I want. Amen? There has to be an absolute lawgiver. If you have an atheist community... And the guy is arguing that there is no God, there's no accountability. Okay, just bring the strongest guys in the community, survival of the fittest. Let's put your principle to the test. Bring out all your goods, your whole family. Bring your wife. You can stay. We'll leave you. We don't want you. Amen? But there is a law that is higher than the laws that man set. Amen? And regardless of what the law does... Regardless of what the law does, there is an accountability before the ultimate lawgiver. Amen? Why? Because he loves the victims. Give God a chance. I took a couple of articles from the media. This was in March the 31st. Try and follow with me. Faced with the burden of raising two children unemployed, Madonna Simon, alias, thought it was best to terminate her third pregnancy. And look at the reason. As she was struggling and could not afford to feed an extra mouth. I'll not lie to you that I use condoms all the time. I sat with myself afterwards and pondered how I could cope with an extra mouth to feed while already struggling to cope. She was 26 years at the time when she broke the news of her pregnancy to a partner who lives in Angola and a decision to have... I, I don't know why that was important. But <laughs> <laughs> who wrote this? <laughs> huh? Because uh, it's those guys that live in Angola. <laughs> Where was I? <laughs> yeah. So he, she broke the news to the, of a pregnancy to a partner who lives in Angola and a decision to have an abortion. He agreed with her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's, that's uh, brilliant. I, 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 I'm glad I'm with you. You just think straight. He gave me money. So the guy sends money. To go ahead with the abortion. At this time, she, was, she is now 29. Simon and her partner eventually agreed, or Madonna and her partner eventually agreed, that she should have the abortion done in South Africa because it's legal there, like many other things. Huh. Consider the direction of the immoral. She faked a study permit in order to go through with the abortion. And there are posters everywhere of traditional healers 
and where to have an abortion, she explained, and she paid 1800 for the abortion to be performed by a private doctor. Two years later, Madonna feels she lost something. But she has coping mechanisms. For months, my conscience convicted me. You know, I would start to cry out of the blue for losing that thing. I just pray and ask for forgiveness, she said while she was emotional, explaining that it is especially difficult when she and her partner meet because we feel we have lost something. I'm telling you, you are not just a human being like cells and bones. There is a soul inside of you. There's a spirit inside of you that there are repercussions beyond the natural. Ironically, the high school dropout who was struggling to find a decent job started selling abortion pills last year. Ironically. So she had an abortion because the guy in Angola sent her money to yeah, go ahead and do it. And then when they are together, they feel like, oh, we lost something. Right? But then, because I don't have an income, the opportunity is selling abortion pills. Oh. In a nation where up is down and left is right, anything goes. Right? She explained she does this in order to survive. As she cannot solely depend on the assistance she gets from the two men who fathered her children. When I was broke, I used to ask my friend for money. Later, I discovered that, she that he sells abortion pills, and he would encourage me to get him, a cust hmm? get him customers for a cut. She explained, and she later ventured into the business of selling abortion pills as she saw the need. Young girls come to you crying that they were manipulated by a man or thought that they were in love. Where are the young people? Is it here? Where is Julio? Hey, <laughs> Lord. So they thought they were in love only to find out that the partner lost interest upon hearing that they were pregnant. Where are the men? Married men also approached Simon for her services. Hey, sh I thought it was only young men. Some of my customers are married men and men in serious relationships but were cheated. Or probably they cheated. So they buy pills for their girlfriends to terminate the pregnancy to save the marriage. Very noble. Such a good man. Sometimes she also gets minors as young as 15 years old because they bleed a lot. My friend who also sells pills, advised me not to sell the pills to minors as this could land me in trouble. Okay, let's go through, through, through. There are people who wait for the child to be born and they put it in a plastic bag and throw it away. But most of my clients are teenagers. Most of her clients induce the abortions during the weekends. And this is maybe because they want to bleed while they are at home because there is no work during the weekends. Simon sells two types of pills, and apparently it's through the, you need to know someone through the back door of the pharmacy. Then you get the access. Or she buys abortion pills from a supplier in India. So for a business, probably some human hair and then some abortion pills. 
And she says these are fast and strong. The prices, 250, 300. Okay. For the sake of time, we can't go further in, but you can, you can just Google the, the articles that were written in the newspapers this year. You'll find the stories there. Give us the next slide. Where does life begin? This is the question. Because if life begins at conception, you are not taking a life. Right? No. If life begins at delivery, you are not taking a life. You can't take a life at conception. Right? But if life begins at conception, everything from conception to the end is a loss, is a pain. Yeah? Is a place where we can grieve and say, I lost my child. Amen? It's a place where we can come and say, uh, my baby was a few months old in the womb. We don't just start counting. It's so warped. We don't just start counting. Here comes the baby out. Oh, now the baby is here. No. The life starts from when the 26 chromosomes of the mother's side and the 26 chromosomes, genetic material from the father's side, join together to make 46. A new human being comes to life here. Thank you, doctor. Yeah, there it is. I was just testing to see <laughs> if the doctors in the room are up to excellent standards. Yeah. 23, like some 23. So 23 from both sides create the human being. That's how the human being is the information that is unique out of those. That's, that's it. Now, if they die on the way to being born, that is a loss that we as people should recognize. Right? There are women who go through a miscarriage because they lose the baby before it is born. They go through the same grieving process as if they lost a child. And this is me speaking from hearing because I am a guy. But even the husbands grieve with their wives because of the pain. Now, if we never recognize that to be a child, there would be no grief. There would be a slight disappointment because the outcome of the expectation that I had was not met. And it is healthy if you went through something like that, that you grieve that child, that you recognize. I remember my wife was telling me that she had two siblings. They were twins that her mom lost. They were never born. But she tells, this is the eldest daughter that is now 30, how old is now? 32, 33. <laughs> it's not important as long as we love each other. <laughs> Let's get back. So, um, she is still telling me about the loss of those twins. That is the right way. We recognize those lives. And there are many accounts from believers who have gone to heaven or had these heavenly experiences that come back, especially among the children. Then they ask the mother, I found a, a girl there. She looks like this, she looks like that. Her name is this. 
And the mother realized this was that baby that we named in the womb that was never born is in heaven. I want us to, to listen to a testimony uh, from Jackie and Richard. They were in a place where they had to face the choice of having to terminate their child. This was when? Recently. Come, come. Don't take all my time, man. <laughs> Just show your hands. Okay, morning, church. Um, uh, in 2013, I was pregnant with my second born. Mm. And uh, so during pregnancy, they do several tests. And then I think around uh, four, five months, uh, the blood results came, and the doctor said that he, they were concerned. Mm. So they explained to us that there was a higher probability that uh, our girl, Hime, now born, uh, will be Down syndrome. And so then she explained to us also that, you know, by law, we could actually terminate the baby. Mm. Um, so what they do, they do the blood test, and then they also do the sonar just for confirmations. So we went to the sonar, and then so the sonographer was just sitting there. You know, it was really such an awkward moment. The sonographer and the doctor are seeing things that we're not, you know, from, you know, from one screen to the next. Yeah. And then so after that, they just explained to us that... Um, the guy saw some sort of confirmations, according to him, that the brain has some sort of dark patches. So now what they look for in the, in the sonar is things like a split lip uh, could result in a child being Down syndrome, or dark patches on the brain, or, um, you know, fists that are just clinging, you know, like, you know, the baby is not freely opening the hand. This is things that they actually can see, you know, in the womb. And then so we made it very clear to them that we will not abort the baby. And so they, they said, we can actually do a further test. Um, the test is called a diagnostic test. The doctors can. <laughs> yeah, so it's a diagnostic test. What happens is that they use a needle and then would get some fluid, you know, from the placenta of, you know, the baby. The pros of that, you know, the advantages of that is that, you know, the, the test can actually confirm or not confirm, you know, that the baby is Down syndrome. The other thing as well is that it will put the baby at risk and, you know, it could actually lead to a miscarriage. So then they made it very clear that we have a choice to actually, you know, abort the baby um, if that's the case. I remember the sonographer really stating this question to say, do you guys really want to raise a Down syndrome baby? Now, you might also maybe thinking about what is a Down syndrome baby. Um, so after that news, we, I sort of, you know, started going to the Internet, you know. Yes, I was praying, but then still going to the Internet, wanting to find out, now, what is a Down syndrome baby, and how do I raise, you know, such a baby? Because then I sort of, you know, at that moment in time, you know, very emotional, but then took that as, you know, this is maybe what God is giving me. Mm. And so then I'll read up, and basically the child would have uh, learning dis difficulties or mm. some development challenges, maybe some abnormality with 
how the kidney or the heart is formed or intestines are formed or you know any other medical problems so it was it, it was not easy i mean pregnancy a pregnant woman were emotional you get such information and mm. you know I, for those who know me i i cry very easily so those tears were running like mm. god what is this mm. and then but the very f- day that you know the doctor that went to see the doctor my husband was with me and then he also you know men of god and men of faith come on <laughs> really you know making it very clear we were not about the baby Amen. so so we really got into praying and then after you know a month so i think it's you know 5 months you go in and then 6 months again so when we when i went back and then you know the sonographer is now going again through oh you know the baby is fine there's nothing to worry about i'm like what about the dark patches that you saw the other day <laughs> no there's nothing to worry about i'm like seriously there was nothing to worry about and uh, but we really got into taking authority and maybe Richard can just share a bit yeah there's some pictures of him here um, the thing is there's just something about the technical details of professionals yeah so it's so convincing you know and you can just you are standing there and you can't say anything against the only thing that you have is your faith that's mm. all mm. and maybe that's what's what's in, what is enough because at that time, we just know that, yeah, if the child should come like that, you know, then it's fine. Because the child can be born and still have an accident or car crash. So what are we going to do then, you know? So that was a done deal for us. But I think we started praying. And as we were uh, praying, and, and, and I think boldness kicked in to us. So first of all, we had this thing to say, okay, Down syndrome is our portion for now. We are going to accept it. Mm. But I don't, I don't know. I think five days down the line, just something kicked in my spirit to say, man, whose report is this? Mm. You know? So then we just say, hey, sweetie, let's agree that this is not our portion. Mm. This is not our report. Mm. And we started declaring boldly life, mm. you know, even against Down syndrome. Mm. And when they were sharing with us to say there's nothing in the brain, you know, and so casually, no, nothing in the brain, and they just go on. I felt the pressure. I mean, that time when they were explaining, that was pressure, really. Mm. They used that law, you know, and almost like, say, we are the professionals, we are telling you the situation, and it is a wise thing to do. So I felt pressure, you know. So, but at that time, we were standing there, and casually, you oh, know, everything is fine. And we are saying, yeah, no, we know why it's fine. It's because there's a God in heaven, you know. So that's it, yeah. We, we are blessed by, by Hime, and I think her personality, she's, uh, she, she, she's so girlish, you know. <laughs> We've got wardrobe issues in the morning, you know. She knows exactly what she wants. Her mind perfectly clear before we, she even went to school, you know. She was just copying everything that the brother is saying and reciting the Lord's Prayer so there we could really see to say there's just nothing wrong with our praying. So we praise the Lord for that. Wow. Tell the person next to you, give God a chance. <laughs> Don't pack your bags yet. Yeah? Don't start talking about divorce already with the guy. 
I'm going to divorce you. You must wash those dishes. <laughs> Give God a chance. He will learn to wash dishes. <laughs> oh, Lord. So, so from a legal point of view, you know, there are these fictions that are also created eh, for the other parts of the law where we need to deem the baby to be alive. So we create a fiction, there's something I learned, there's a, net, a, a Latin term called the nascituros fiction. It's like, um, they use it a lot in inheritance. So if you try and take someone out of the inheritance that's still coming in the womb, right, that there are, there are implications, legal implications because of that. So they recognize that this, this, this person has an inheritance. You can't just harm them or do sabotage nothing. But... If it comes to abortion, then ah. they don't have a right to life, but they have a right to money. That's right. No right to life, but right to money. Amen? The other one is, um, in some jurisdictions, if you kill a pregnant woman, it's double homicide. It's double murder. Why? Where, where is the life? It's one murder. Just give me five years. Right? No, no. It's double homicide because it's the mother and her unborn child that is recognized to be a human being. Give us the slide that says not a person. And this is key. It is so important for us as a society to walk in truth. If we begin to redefine the terms, we will kill, we will easily endure the killing of those people. 1815, slavery. Yeah? Personhood, not human, really. Easy to kill, easy to enslave. 1945, the Jewish Holocaust. Right? And all the theologians and philosophers actually began to say that these people are not actually humans. And you know what the foundation of that belief is? It's the whole evolutionary thing. Us, we are more evolved. We are, those others are apes and what, what, what. Right? And what happened? Even the churches and the Christians stood quiet. Because they buy in. 1915 and before. And there's a landmark case in the USA called, called uh, Roe Ro versus Wade that opened the gates concerning this. Where even government funding is given for this kind of thing. That is not a human being. In the womb, it's not a person. It is a part of the mother's body. That's the redefinition. Who said that? We did. Right? Amen? And so it's so important for us to realize that the definition needs to be that that is a human being in the womb. And that's how God sees us. Give, give us the next slide there, Exodus. Exodus chapter 21, verse 22. This is in the legal framework of the Jewish people. There's a law that says, is, if men are fighting and they hit a pregnant woman and she gives birth prematurely, but there's no serious injury, the offender must be fined whatever the woman's husband demands and the court allows. But if there is serious injury to the child, you are to take life for life. So in their context, they recognize that life starts at conception. Psalm 139, verse 13. 
It says, for you form my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I'll give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. And my soul knows very well. Give us the next one, Jeremiah. It says, before I formed you in the belly, this is God speaking to Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came out of the womb, I sanctified you and set you apart and I ordained you as a prophet unto the nations. So the question is, is there destiny in the womb already? Because that devil is after the destiny. When Jesus was being born and King Herod found out, he brought out the law and he said, every child under the age of two dies. And there, there was crying in Zion. Yeah? The children, the children of Israel were in mourning and weeping because there was an attempt to take out Jesus. And the enemy doesn't know where he is really. For those of you who give him a lot of credit, the devil will know I'm here. <laughs> he couldn't find Jesus properly. What about you? So, yeah, right? He had to kill everyone in the region to try and get him. During the time when Moses was born, to deliver the children of Israel, destiny was born in that generation. He was going to bring them out and even bring us something, us. Imagine if, we, if Moses was taken out. Where would we have, you know, I'm sure God would have made another plan. But the king of Egypt saw that these people are growing too strong, too mighty. All the boys killed them. Today, that devil is on an agenda. And he wants to take out the destiny that's coming. And he will say, yeah, it's illegitimate. It came out illegitimate. It came out through this means. It came out through that means. It came through this means. And that's, how the, that's why we should take him. And give some scriptural references and whatever like he usually does. For those of you who are wondering about that, I was reading an article just last night. Um, I think it's from a website called Abortion Facts. And this was research done in this area to see in the area of rape, which we utterly condemn, and some of us would uh, legislate castration. That's how strong we feel about it. In the area of rape and in the area of incest, what are the statistics of the abortions in that scope? Minute. And the reason is not because they're not happening. They're not happening that much. But when they do happen, the mothers don't want to necessarily abort that child. Contrary to popular belief, that someone who is raped is not like that person who raped them. They are not a violent, murderous person, selfish. They are a person who cares. So when they see life coming in the womb, as much as it came from an illegitimate place, their instinct to love and care begins to interfere. And they say that, I have been harmed, but will I now do another wrong because I have been harmed? Will, will, will the victim become now the, the aggressor? And they say no. I will have this child. 
and they feel that it's almost redemptive to them. That out of the ugliest place, I didn't go forward and just uh, go with what the devil was trying to do. I came out because the Lord is able to turn any situation around. Amen? Even in the instances where life is ugly, I'm telling you hope beyond hope. Hope beyond hope. Amen? And this is the statistic that it is not true that women just want to abort and abort and all of that. The issue is that there's a mistake that happened that night and something needs to be done. Or the family is very important and something needs to be done. And the Lord is telling us that you are not just busy with mechanics. There is a life, a destiny in there. Amen? Give us the next slide, Shimi. Life of the almost aborted. Now, I'm going to show you some people who were almost aborted. The mother was either too young, or the situation was bad, or the guy from Angola was like, no, no, no baby. <laughs> No, senora. <laughs> no, baby. Right? <laughs> the guy doesn't want. So those kind of situations were there. Consider who we would have aborted. Give us our next slide. All right. So these are celebrities. For those of you who don't know, that day in the corner is sure. What's that famous song that she sings? Like, you know, you are in your car. It played at your wedding. You wouldn't have had that song. That was the, the guy in the right, Andrea Bocelli. Yeah? Yeah? That, that prayer. Yeah? Yeah? Lead us to a place. Guide us to your grace. Yeah? Him. He's blind. And he sings amazing. Right? The guy under Andrea Bocelli is Tim Tebow. He is one of the most popular football, American football players. He's super popular and he's super radical as a believer. He was going to be aborted. Things were not right. The Pope! <laughs> John Paul II. I think someone, who was it? The priest, who, who was with the priest? Someone, the priest advised the mother, don't abort that baby. Okay? The Pope, that Pope. <laughs> Many of you were inspired by this Pope, probably. Amen? Uh, who's Nick? Nick Cannon, yeah? With the nice shoes and whatever. <laughs> yeah, don't hate the guy. He survived. <laughs> Celebrity. He's very wealthy, that guy. Yeah? Making an impact in the world, right? Believer. <laughs> Justin Bieber. I remember we had, we had the one, uh, huh? was it Mr. Malesky's son who was singing? Uh, baby, 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 oh! <laughs> I still remember that. It, that's, that's the song there. Check out these ones. You who love iPhone. Where's Mark? Mark and Yoma. Huh? 
He was going to be aborted. Yeah? The friends, the friends and the family and everybody was like, this is just the right thing to do. Why? Invisible. At that point, you are just a blob. Who cares about a blob? A blob cannot make an iPhone. <laughs> that. The lady in the court, ah, Celine Dion. Huh? You were my, ah, when I was weak. You were my, yeah. huh? Some of you, you wouldn't be married. <laughs> that was the song that, that opened his eyes. You wouldn't be married if that lady... I think it was her that the priest told the mother, don't abort this baby. The lady on the right here, Helen Keller, she's an author, deaf and blind. Author. You, you can see. <laughs> you can hear. You are not almost aborted. Where are your books? <laughs> Helen Keller. And then, this one is Nick... Vujitsky, is it Vujik, Vushik, something like that. Nick. He is a motivational speaker around the world. He has no arms. Yeah, that is not his costume to hide or whatever, humility costume. No, he has no arms. He has no legs. And he got married. <laughs> Some brothers, come on now. <laughs> this time next year <laughs> you need to use those hands for the Lord yeah? that guy has inspired many young people that guy has inspired many young people not to commit suicide he, has, he is the inspiration for many people and he serves you know he serves I know African people, black people, we don't surf, right? <laughs> we watch surfing, but we don't surf. He surfs on the waves. Without arms. Hey. What's the point? What's the point? Before they are born, there is a destiny. It doesn't matter what kind of evil. And this is it. A prophet might be sent to your womb. Eh? But the enemy is meaning it for evil. And he tries and he finds a gap and it brings in disaster. But God still wants to redeem the most ugliest situation and bring someone up. You guys know that song, um, Who is like the Lord in all the earth? Your presence is heaven. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Yeah? Israel Houghton. With these songs we sing here. His mother almost aborted him. Give us the next slide. We are ending. Martin Luther King, our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. It is so important as a church, we don't draw back. We, we shine the light bright. We tell people, no, abortion is a killing of the baby. Why? Because we recognize that it's a baby. Amen? And as a church, we will do what is necessary. I'm making the announcement now. If you are thinking of aborting, come to us. We will take your baby. We will take your baby. We will raise your baby. I'm telling you that now. Amen? So we, we speak and we say that, Lord, 
We speak on behalf of the voiceless, of the, of the invisible, the weak, the poor, those who have no voice, those who, even the unborn. And then, if there's a situation that's too ugly, too bad, we will step in with our resources with our, and we will do things to help. And we will see mighty giants rise in the generation because of that. Amen? To the men, speak to the other men. Speak to the other men. Take us to the next slide. Another one who was almost aborted. Ne? It was too scandalous for Mary. What happened? No, the angel said <laughs> that uh, it was going to be a virgin birth, a supernatural thing. That child was going to be of the only... What happened? No, like I said. Eh? No one has ever seen that a virgin gave birth to a... I am engaged to you, Mary. Just tell me the truth. You went with that other guy. Just tell me the truth. I, I, won't even, I won't even bring the elders to stone you. I will do it nicely, gently. Right? And then an angel. But Joseph had, a, had considered this. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Men, do not be afraid. To take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And which child doesn't come from God? Amen. Give us the next slide. We are in this. So this morning, I want to pray for different groups of people. If you have either committed an abortion or been involved with an abortion, or you are in a place where you know somebody closely. You know somebody closely who's had an abortion, that kind of thing. I want you to stand on their behalf as well. Then, if you carry guilt, and if you were almost aborted and you carry rejection, or you were, like, deserted, unwanted, right? And you carry shame or guilt. Or you grew up in the home, because in Namibia this happened. You grew up in the home, but there's like the special kids and then there's you because of some kind, something with the mother. I want to pray for you. Amen? So won't you stand if that's you? We just want to stretch out your hands to you. The Lord will heal you now. The Lord will heal you now. Just, just stretch out your hands to them. In the name of Jesus, we declare a new day. In the name of Jesus, we declare forgiveness. In the name of Jesus, we declare hope. In the name of Jesus, we declare newness. In the name of Jesus, we declare no condemnation. The love of God over you. You have a Father in heaven that loves you. Even when you have messed up, even when you've done the wrong thing, He gives you Son for you. 
He loves you. He will restore you. He will turn your story around. He will give you a testimony. He will give you new life in this area. We break every spirit of guilt and shame and condemnation and rejection in the name of Jesus. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we break, we uproot every root of shame. Every root of shame, every pain of shame, every cloak of shame, we remove it now. In the name of Jesus, we remove every guilt, every rejection, and we prophesy the acceptance in the beloved. The, the blood of the perfect Son of God washing away everything and cleansing your conscience. From a guilty conscience. You will forget that thing. You will move on in God. You will know that God. He loves the little children. That child is not lost. In the name of Jesus. Lord we speak your life this morning. Over every single person in this room. Lord that's sent. We thank you Lord that you are doing something in their hearts right now. And that you are bringing a restoration like never before. A day felt like they could never heal from this wound. And you are the, the great physician. You heal every wound. You heal the broken hearted this morning. And you are healing them and touching them now by your spirit Lord. And you are moving upon them. And you are speaking over them hope, restoration and saying I've forgiven you. In Christ, I've forgiven you. Don't look down anymore. Walk with hope. You are a new creation. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all stand this morning. If you are here this morning, and you are not born again, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, or you are far from God, you have backslidden, you have lost your relationship with Jesus, your connection with Jesus. You know that maybe I'm still saved. I want to get right with God. If you are here this morning and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and saying, my child, my son, my daughter, it's time to come to the Father's house. It's time to come home. I want to pray with you this morning. So if that's you, just raise your hand. We'll pray for you. that's you, just raise your hand. I see that hand. There is hope in Christ. There is real hope in Christ. We want to pray for you this morning if that's you. So if you're not born again, you don't want to leave it for next month. The day of salvation is today. If you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Amen. Is there anybody else that we need to pray with this morning? You want to make things right with God? You want to give your heart to the Lord? Amen. So I want to pray with that sister that raised her hand. Shelter, just bring her along. Just encourage her church. Come to the Father. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. He loves you. He loves you. We're going to pray with her just now. We just want to dismiss the service. Is there somebody on that side? Please come. Please come. Please come.
Please come, please come. Come, come, come. Come, just stand here, my dear. Thank you, Washington. Yeah, just turn this way. <laughs> turn to me. My chains are gone, I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns. Unending love, amazing grace. Church, may the Lord bless you. May cause you to be vigilant in these times. May you open your eyes. That you will walk in great faithfulness to God. That you will walk in great faithfulness to God and His Word. That you will realize that there is only one Savior, one Redeemer. There is only one King. His name is Jesus. May you be blessed this week in your coming in and in your going out. May you be blessed in your business, in your workplace. May your family and your children prosper around your table. May you go out with shouts of joy because of the faithfulness of God this week. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need ministry this morning, the leaders will be here. May the Lord bless you. I encourage you to really meditate on this and have your mind be changed.